Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Punt Intended, a Fantasy NBA Dynasty podcast. I am your host, Rhett Bauer, joined once again by the man, the myth, the legend. Travis Fuller is back, ladies and gentlemen. Travis, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's glad to be back. We had a great draft. I know it's been way too long since we've gotten together, Rhett, and gotten to chat about some fantasy basketball and really just basketball in general. I know we we do it through our text pretty much daily, but uh, it's always nice to get on the the pod and get to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, did it did it in person for a little while there for a minute as well, and uh, our wives were very over that by the time the trip was over, but it's all good. We are here to talk today about the 2023 NBA draft that has been over for a couple days now. We've gotten to kind of chew on the results and see sort of the, you know, like the more than just the instant reactions for some of the fits with these teams, maybe some of the rotations, some of the free agent outlooks for some of these teams. So Travis, outside of the obvious uh, Wimbenyama pick, I don't think we need to spend any time on that at all. Uh, What stood out to you about the top 10 of the 2023 draft? Well, the status quo went pretty much as expected. I mean, as far as what was happening at two and three, we kind of expected that. I know as far as I was kind of watching the odds on who Charlotte was going to take it to. And man, even just the day before the draft, it was bouncing back and forth on, you know, who was favored between Miller and Scoot. Ultimately, I think Charlotte made a good pick as far as drafting what they need based on um, picking Brandon Miller over Scoot. But we'll see. Time will tell. I'd say the biggest surprise to me was honestly the Pacers trading back. I didn't see that when I saw that happen. I was like, oh, no, what are they doing? I knew they had a couple players that they were were wanting to take. So I thought maybe, you know, Washington is going to make that selection for you. And then all of a sudden they take Koulibaly just kind of out of nowhere. And I, as soon as that pick came the, through, the biggest surprise to me. <laughs> I was like, OK, I know they're trading it. I have proof on Twitter. If you look at the timestamp, I was like, watch for a trade because there's absolutely no way the Pacers were taking that guy. But I was concerned that they were trading back to like 12 with OKC, <laughs> not a single spot with the Wizards. So that was a uh, that was a scary moment there for a bit. Yeah, when I saw the trade back, honestly, I thought, OK, somebody's going to take uh, Jairus Walker here. Somebody's going to trade up and take Hendricks here. And then the Pacers decision is made for them. But that was just kind of out of left field. I know he was generating a ton of hype, you know, leading up to the draft, but I didn't see it going that quite that early. So 
but good pick for Washington. I really don't mind it whatsoever. They're they're going for a full rebuild here, and he's surely going to be a part of that and uh, a part of a lot of losing in the next couple of years. But at least they'll have some high draft picks to show for it. Yeah, I think Koulibaly is is well equipped as as anybody at this range to watch Jordan Poole take thirty five shots a game and uh, tank their way to the to the number one overall pick of the twenty twenty four draft. I think my biggest I was kind of surprised at Orlando taking Anthony Black. To be honest with you, um, you know if if there's anything that we know about Orlando's guard room, it's that none of them can shoot other than Cole Anthony, who's not really a part of the future Orlando Magic guard room. So a team that already has Markel Fultz, who I I have a problem with, but also Jalen Suggs, like both of them showed some really, really good stuff last year. So bringing in another guy who currently can't shoot, I'm, I don't know, I don't want to say like optimistic about him, about Anthony Black being able to shoot, but like, you know, you're kind of restarting that clock on like rookie contract guard with plus size, really good uh, defender and really good passer. So I guess you kind of give yourself some more options there, but you also kind of show your hand to the rest of the league. Be like, Hey, <laughs> one of these guys is going to shake free eventually. And I guess it could be Fultz being on an expiring contract, but uh, I know neither of us was really a fan of the jet Howard pick there at 11 for the shooting that the team needed taking probably the worst option of like the pure shooters that don't do a whole lot else uh in this draft class of like the the top 20 or so picks yeah you kind of thought that they picked him based on uh, you know his who his dad is and the pedigree that he has i think that has a lot to do with that pick uh but it's hard to say you know how he's going to be and how he's going to pan he definitely has the size he's definitely a great shooter but i agree when there's you know grady dicks right there if you want a shooter why not take the best shooter in this draft. Very surprising there. Um, I know we kind of skipped over Victor because it really doesn't matter. We we knew ex- what was going to happen there as soon as the lottery balls fell San Antonio's way. But I do want to kind of get your thoughts on where do you think he should go in a startup draft? Three. Yeah, three overall. Yeah. That's kind of where I had him too. Yeah. Uh, but I was just kind of going to get your thoughts on that right away. I know you've had some time to stew on it and that's yeah. exactly where I would put him as well. Yeah, I talked about it with Dan Bespris on the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, and he was talking about whether Victor is going to end up being like a first round nine cap player for redraft this year, like where he should go in redraft. And I don't think he should go anywhere near the first round. I wouldn't take him in the second round, but somebody will because you, that's just how snake drafts go. You're just like, oh, I'm not going to get a chance at this guy, so I'm going to take him at 14, which is just a surefire way to throw money into a fire pit. But no, I think he's three and I don't think there's really much of an argument there, which I think we've kind of known for a while, right? When it look, when you're looking at the dynasty ranking tiers, it's pretty much been Jokic and Luca and then kind of everybody else. Like it's been LaBello or Giannis or sometimes Tatum, you know, cat was flirting with that for a little while. Not so much lately the Halliburton Shay, like that's kind of where the tears are going to break. So you get the new shiny toy. It's going to just rise to the top there. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. And I, I think you have to. I, there's, I mean, you could make an argument to take him even behind Jokic if you wanted to. I personally wouldn't, but I'm a little bit more risk averse than a lot of those out there. Yeah, I would not take him over Luka. Um, I, somebody did. Somebody did. In a, in a dynasty startup mock draft, they took him too. And that was 
I mean, again, that's one of those situations like, oh, it's a mock draft. So I'm just going to take the guy that I want to take because I want to be the guy to take him, which is fine. But uh, what about the rest of the draft? So anybody else in the first round or even in the second round that stood out to you as either a surprisingly good pick for the team, a surprisingly good pick for the the expectation, the, the inverse of that? What what stood out to you about the rest of the first round into the second there were a few guys that I thought for sure were going to be a first round pick that fell. And then that continued to fell to fall. I should say um, one of those is Gigi Jackson. I know we'll kind of get into it more when we get into our, uh, you know, our best and worst of this draft, but I thought Gigi Jackson being the youngest player in this draft was something a lot of teams would take into consideration. And I thought he was going to be a surefire first round pick a late first just to throw him in the G league and give him some professional development and see where he's at in a couple of years. So him falling as far as he did to Memphis was a really surprising. And then another guy is, um, you know, somebody that I watched quite a bit being here in Indianapolis is trace Jackson Davis. Saw a lot of his games. Obviously he was there at, at IU for quite some time. So everybody kind of knew exactly what he was and the type of player he is, but for him to fall that far after having such a good college career in a game that I actually think can translate to the NBA. I know he didn't really show a lot of range as a shooter, but he's a great rebounder. He blocks shots. I think he was number two or three in college basketball this year and, and blocks per game. Um, so that's not going to be an issue for him. He's really versatile on defense. And I know he doesn't have the best size, but it's never seemed to stop him before, even going up against a lot of bigger guys in the big 10. So what a pick being that late in the second round for Golden State as well. Another guy I thought was going to be a late first. Yeah, for sure. I thought Gigi was a lock to go with one of Brooklyn's two picks, honestly. Like this is where Brooklyn is in their team building and just kind of like where looking at their roster, be like, ah, I'm just going to swing on this guy. I think Clowney and Whitehead both being there, those are both really, really good picks. So I, I can't fault them for it at all. But uh, looking at, you know, my Pacers, I thought for sure if Pacers, if they kept that 26, 29, 32 grouping, I was like, okay, Gigi's going at one of those picks. The Pacers were never going to keep all those picks, so it didn't really matter. But I was like, if they did, those are all three going to be there, and that's going to be one of those. I think uh, – I think I, – I mean, it sort of came to fruition leading up to the draft about Jaime Jaquez going to Miami at 18. I think that's a little bit high. I understand what the Heat need. I understand that he's going to be a good NBA player. Just felt like that was a little bit high for some of the players that were still on the board that I think have comparable NBA um, rotation upside or rotation certainty, but with more upside. Couldn't agree more with Trace Jackson Davis going to 57. It's so annoying that the Warriors got him because they're going to turn him into like a legit player. And it's going to be like, well, we're Trace Jackson Davis. Why didn't you go at 25? Yeah. Uh, yep. You can write the article now pretty much. Uh, Leonard Miller not being a first round pick is also a travesty. I know he went 33, but still he, he was, I think 10th or 11th on my board. I would have taken him if I was the Raptors. I would have taken him if I was the Thunder. I would have taken him if I was the I, just all the way down the line. I just would have taken him because he, he's just a phenomenal producer in the G League as a kid going against NBA talent. So I was pretty surprised by that. But let's get into the we're going to do some some best and worst. So what team do you think had the best draft 
overall, just as an as an entirety. We're not counting San Antonio taking Wimbanyama. That is just the caveat. I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> that is the best draft. That is the best pick. That's the best nine cat upside long term. All of it. Just beyond that, who had the best? There's a lot of teams that I thought did a really great job, and we were kind of going through this, making the list. We were just talking like, man, it's it's kind of hard to find a team that did poorly. A lot of these teams picked you know, players that either have upside long-term, a player that's going to fit really well in the rotation, or just someone that's going to fill a team need right away. So I felt a lot of teams did that. But I'm going to go with a team that really needs a lot of upside play and really needs some guys that can hopefully step up and build around. And for me, that was the Utah Jazz. They had a lot of picks in this draft, a lot of early picks to go work with. So I guess that's kind of a cop-out, I guess, to, to choose them. Um, but first off, Taylor Hendricks, getting him, he's exactly what they need at the four position there, getting Walker Kessler, and, and that was such a steal last year in the draft. Now to pair him with Hendricks is such a good 4-5 defensively, and I love when teams build defensively rather than you know, getting just a bucket. Um, secondly, I'm a big Baylor guy, so I, I feel like getting Keontae George is a really good pick. I watched a ton of his games this year. He got a little out of control often as freshmen can do, but you saw the the upside and the ability there and the athleticism. I mean, he had some games where he just completely took over and you can see that translating to the NBA. So I really like that pick. Not going to be a guy that's going to get a ton of minutes maybe to start, but somebody that's going to grow into a role. And I definitely see him having a, a big role by the end of the year, kind of just taking over for, for um, Clarkson whenever he gets moved, um, whether that's the soft season or during the season. And then uh, getting Sensabaugh, too, as well at the end, kind of like the you know same exact thing as Keontae George, just a guy that can go out and get a bucket. Might not start on the team or make the team right away. Might be a G League guy or a two-way player, um, but just a lot of upside and a, and a really good solid basketball player. Uh, freshman out of Ohio State, so he played in a really good conference as well and was uh, first-team all-freshman there in the Big Ten. So I liked what Utah did. Got a lot of young guys, a lot of upside, and players that really fit. Uh, what the team's looking for. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company serving collectors since 1945. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. I think they got a lot of value from where they were drafting, right? I think coming into the year... Keontae George was almost a lock top 10 and even throughout most of the draft cycle was a lock top 10 uh, just because of his ability to create shots at all three levels and just be sort of a, a, a just a potential 
scoring engine, right? Like just a really, really, really good score. And then Sensabaugh too, kind of same deal, a little bit less of an offensive engine, more of a gunner. But it's funny that Hendricks, George, and Sensabaugh are kind of like, I don't want to say upgraded versions of, but there's like shades of Hendricks is kind of like Laurie Markinen, but with better defense. Keontae George is kind of like Colin Sexton, but better and bigger. And Sensabaugh is kind of like Jordan Clarkson, but bigger. <laughs> like it's just, they are, they are, there are shades of them. And now that they have John Collins, that's really like Taylor Hendricks. And so they have a lot of redundancy is the wrong word for it, but they have a lot of guys. You can be like, Hey, look, you go do that. Go do what that guy does. Like Keontae, go follow Colin Sexton around. Just to figure out how he does his things and you will be better than him. Sense boss, same thing with Clarkson. And then Hendricks, obviously going to have a big man room of, of Collins, Laurie, maybe Olenek, Walker Kessler could be there. like, that is a, just a phenomenal front quarter pairing. So I, I like that a lot. I don't think, uh, I think Houston had the best draft, you know, getting two potentially top five talents, at pick four and at pick 20 that also fit really well with what the team is going to do. Like if you, if you ran a lineup out there of Amin Thompson, Jalen green, Cam Whitmore, Jabari Smith and Alperin Shingun. Like I'm not a huge Shingun guy, but with that lineup, I sure you've got just four insane athletes that can all do a variety of different things on or off the ball and on both ends of the floor. That's just an, it's an incredible group. And so I think getting that much value for uh, those picks, Amin is a guy that I love could be the second best player in this draft pretty easily. If he figures out how to score without ever being an elite shooter and then Whitmore, I don't know what the heck there's so much going around about what that process was like for his pre-draft to fall that far with the medicals and or interviews. But yeah, no, I, I think Utah did well um, addressing a lot of their needs. I think Houston addressed a bigger need with a primary ball handler and a man that can actually pass the ball, which is not something the Rockets roster is known for. Um, And then getting, you know, like I said, a guy like Whitmore at 20 is just pretty fantastic. But who had the worst draft? I think my answer was pretty easy. Um, What's your what's your call? Yeah, I I agree with exactly with what you your team that you selected. But I I wanted to go a different route uh, just to kind of change things up a little bit. Um, I hate to pick on them again because they've had so many bad drafts in the past. But I got to go back to the Charlotte Hornets for the the worst draft, in my opinion, for what they had, you know, available to them and having multiple picks. First of all, I'm a big fan of picking just the best player available, regardless of team fit, especially for a team that's rebuilding. As you are as picking are. second in the draft. You do not need to be picking for it's, fit. I know. And that's and I feel like the Brandon Miller pick is just, oh, we have LaMelo here. He's the engine of our team. Let's make sure we get the guy that's a better fit, not so much going by our big board. And to me, that's just not the way that you start out a draft, especially when you've been as poor as you are. You get the best player available and you just let it work itself out, however that may be. Um, And then, you know, getting Nick Smith Jr., I'm not a huge fan of him either. I was coming into the year at Arkansas. He kind of had an up and down season, was injured, so I don't really hold that against him too much. Uh, but I just don't really see a, a big fit for him either. He's kind of a tweener. Can he play point guard? Is he a shooting guard, but can't shoot all that well? So he almost has to kind of play point. But, you know, why didn't you take Scoot then? You know, why, if you're going to 
you know, draft a point guard anyway. So I just didn't love their draft, especially with where they're at. I felt they could have done a little bit better of a job, but we'll see how it plays out with Brandon Miller. Yeah, I uh, I definitely had Charlotte on my list of teams. I, I think that there was a pretty clear separation between Scoot and Miller. Um, but, you know, it's the NBA. We, you definitely can't have multiple ball handlers that can do different things with the ball in their hands. Uh, you should definitely <laughs> take a, a guy who, I don't know, I, I wasn't as high on Brandon Miller as a lot of people seem to be. A lot of people saw Paul George. I saw a lot of like Chris Middleton, Gordon Hayward, and that is just not uh, – you know, when you when you look at scoop comps and it's like, oh, you can't go below the Westbrook jaw CP3 Derek Rose grouping. It's like, yeah, that is that is a like, phenomenal. I want that athlete. Yeah, yes. I want yeah. that athlete on my team. Yep. I want and the thing for me, the the which is sort of like an overview of the Charlotte situation is like you you need somebody to come in there and be like, no, like this is I am gonna set the culture for this team. I am gonna come in here. Scoot walks into that building and says, I I am here. We are going to do this. And he's just going to lead by example and just be the dude. Capital T-H-E, capital D-U-D-E, the dude. I do not think that's Brandon Miller. I think that Charlotte drafting a guy that has potential issues going on while also having another guy on the roster that has potential issues going on and then other guys in the last couple of years who have all had some sort of issues off the floor – just, I don't, I don't love that. I think Brandon Miller, if he ends up being good, then it's great. Cause you've got a two way wing that can shoot, create a little bit dribble. And so like, that's phenomenal. And I'm all about that archetype, but not when it comes to passing on a legitimate franchise trainer like Scoot. So I had Charlotte up on my list, but my pick was honestly pretty easy. Just looking at the list of guys. I do not like the Jordan Hawkins pick for the Pelicans at all. And that was the only pick that they made. So I think they were 0 for 1 on their picks in this draft, as far as I'm concerned. And I just don't really get it. I had them taking more of a ball handler. I had them taking somebody like a Kobe Bufkin, like a, uh, a Hood Shafino, even, even getting into like maybe, maybe a Keontae George. I probably wouldn't have done that. would have, not been happy with that pick either, but just so many guys that I feel like could have come in and done a variety of things. Whereas Jordan Hawkins is going to come in there. He's going to shoot and he's going to get targeted on defense. And that doesn't really help them very much. Like I don't think Hawkins comes in and does anything that changes the way the Pelicans are going to operate. And if he does, that's, it kind of says more about the rest of the roster. And I just didn't, I don't think that's a very good pick. Maybe they're going to plan on moving away from CJ McCollum. I don't know. I just, I did not like that pick hardly at all. What do you, what do you think about Hawkins to the Pels? I didn't like it either. I thought there's just better players out there. Exactly. Yep. I would have taken Jalen Hood Shafino if I were them, but I get it because of how atrocious their three point shooting was last year. The biggest thing that I don't like, especially when I'm looking at it through a fantasy lens, is that they have Trey Murphy, who they were so reluctant to play last yeah, year. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. it turns out the guy's an absolute stud. I'm just really afraid that Jordan Hawkins is going to take minutes away from, from our boy Trey Murphy, and I don't want to see that whatsoever. I, You know what? At this point, do it, because then we'll get Murphy on another team, and it'll just be... <laughs> phenomenal to see he like go somewhere and be like oh man that's crazy you're like actually really good it's like yeah crazy is six nine two ten shooter shot 40 percent from three in college and all across his uh 141 games in the nba weird 
Um, no, I, I did not like that very much at all. Um, what was the best single pick for this draft? Like from two on who had, what was the best one pick? Lots of good picks, lots of good picks to choose from for sure. But I'm going to go with, I really liked what Detroit did taking Azar Thompson. The reason mm. I like that pick is because they had so many options there. We talked about it before the draft even started kind of, you know, picking what's this top 10 going to be like kind of making our own predictions and the draft really started at five. We we knew the players that were going to go top four, but Detroit to me had a lot of different options. Obviously, leading up a couple of weeks before the draft, Cam Whitmore was one of the one of the main guys. Jarris Walker, I was seeing there quite a bit. Um, but then taking Azar Thompson, I thought it was just a great pick. I think think they picked the right guy. A lot of people were kind of had him a little bit lower on their boards, which I didn't really understand. I thought he was, you know, he's just as good as athlete as his brother. I thought he was in that same tier where um, a lot of the mocks that I was seeing on him, they had him a little bit lower um, as far as the uh, tier rankings. And I thought he was in that same draft class. So I think the Detroit made the right pick. Great team fit. The guy's going to hustle. The guy's going to play defense, regardless of if he can shoot the ball or not. And I, I really like him alongside Ivy and Cunningham moving forward. So really solid pick for Detroit, a team that had a lot of options at that five spot. Yeah, I actually mocked Asar to the Pistons in a Bleacher Report mock draft, I think, like the week leading up to the draft for a lot of the same reasons. Like, hey, I know he's not a great shooter, but he's a phenomenal athlete right next to Cade and Ivy. The only reason I wouldn't have it as the best pick is because it doesn't accentuate their best player, which is Cade, right? Like, if you think Asar can be better than Cade, then that changes the discussion completely. But I don't know if that's why. Like, I don't think you go into that pick thinking that. But I like it a whole lot better than Jairus Walker, which is the guy that a lot of people had going to this team. And I just think a three-man, a three-headed monster of Cade, Ivy, and Asar is just athleticism and decision-making and, you know, advantage creation for themselves and others that will just make it, it's, it's so, the only thing you need at the four spot is shooting. Like you've got Durin at the five, literally all you need is shooting at the four and for Asar, Cade, and Ivy to all just incrementally develop their own shooting. And that is going to be a hellacious group of, guard slash wings that I am not looking forward to watching the Pacers struggle to play against because they don't have any size like the Pistons do. Yeah. I just felt like there were so many options for him there and they, they made the right pick and that was exciting to see. I Agreed. didn't want him. See, I didn't really want to see them take Walker at all. I mean, they have Wiseman, they have Duran, they have Isaiah Stewart. They have all these bigs. They don't need another one. Pick the best player there and move forward with it. Yeah. I've been saying that I would have taken Hendricks over Walker for them. Like and I would not have taken Hendricks at five. Like I would have personally, but like if I'm an NBA team, I wouldn't take Hendricks over Asar. But if you're gonna do that, like if you're gonna pick for fit, if you're gonna pick forward, pick the guy who fits beautifully next to Duran and Cade and Ivy. But yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Okay. My single best pick was Scoot at three. I just think it's so easy. You got the second best player in the draft at three. And I feel like Portland could have gotten cute with it and been like, Oh, he doesn't fit with Dame. So let's do, you know, let's get a guy in, you know, you could, we could take a SAR. He's a little bit better of a fit. He's redundant with Shaden Sharp, but what I just, 
They didn't do it. They picked the best player available, and now they're staring Dame in the face, waiting for him to request a trade because they aren't going to be the one to initiate that. And I, I really like that. Did you have another pick that you really loved? Oh, I loved Larry Miller. I was with you. I yep. thought yeah, that guy should have been a mid first round pick, and yep. for Minnesota to get him in the second round, even though it was really early second round, just an, just an awesome pick, regardless of where he went. My favorite part about it was they traded into the draft to get him. They're like, if if y'all ain't going to do it, I'll get in there and do it. Like I'm not not even supposed to be here, but I'll do it. Like the fact that there were so many teams willing to pass on him was just crazy to me. Uh, Shout out to Cam Whitmore, Houston at 20 as well. Um, I think just on value that that has to be in the honorable mentions for Whitmore, I think we agree on the worst single pick, but uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and let you let you start that one off. Yeah, we are touch base on it, so I don't want to spend too much time. But Jet Howard just going where he did, I, I just didn't love it. Kind of left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. I thought there was better players out there. I thought there was better shooters out there. You know, you can kind of go in either direction, get an athlete or get the best shooter. Um, and they went the, with a guy that has a little bit of pedigree in his histories. Um so I didn't really love that, but overall, I felt this draft, there wasn't many bad picks. So it is kind of nitpicking here on my end, but yeah. um, I know you have a, a couple of guys that you didn't really love either. Um, so who was your worst pick? Yeah, it's, the, it's funny because they're all kind of the same player. <laughs> um, I didn't like Jet Howard to the Magic. I didn't like Grady Dick to the Raptors, and I didn't like Ben Shepard to the Pacers. And I didn't like Jordan Hawkins to the Pelicans. So I may or may not have a type that I don't really like going in the lottery of NBA drafts. Like I know, you know, drafting Kyle Korver at pick 12 is actually a really good like that's a great selection. That's a great career to have. But also, <laughs> like you don't go into it hoping that you get Kyle Korver. So I didn't really love that. But uh, yeah, I think that's uh, yeah, yeah. It's so it's so hard because you see how expensive it is to add shooting to a team. Uh-huh. I mean, like look at what Duncan Robinson, you know, got paid just yeah as a three point specialist. So I completely understand going after those guys to get cheap three point shooting. But the problem is, is they just take some time to develop or adapt to the NBA game. And then the rookie to do anything up. else other than shoot <laughs> the rookie contracts up in their final year when they prove that they can shoot it. And now you got to pay them. Otherwise, somebody else is going to give them 15, 20 million. And it's, it just makes it tough um, for a guy that's not a dynamic player. It's as a fan. It's not somebody we want to see, um, especially you know, as dynasty fantasy players. It's, it's definitely not guys that we're really looking at long term. Yeah, and I think the the irony of me having those guys as the worst pick is for for sneaky nine cat upside. Even in this upcoming season, I think Grady Dick is going to be a pretty okay nine cat player. I think he's going to do great in Toronto because they need his shooting. That's why they drafted him. But I just think it's kind of silly to. I don't want to say silly because I think Grady Dick has more to his game than that. I just did not like the pick necessarily, but um, that is one of my sneaky nine cat upside guys. I think another one, Omax Prosper, I. I Dallas just doesn't have anybody else like him, right? They traded him to get Kyrie. And so maybe that'll change as we get to free agency. But at the moment, they just, they don't have big bodies on the wing that can defend. And so I think there's a chance that this year, Omax actually ends up getting some playing time and sees some, not 12 team standard league value, but 
30 team contender value. Sure. I think he could get up there. And then Marcus Sasser, if he ends up getting to play in Detroit, he's just a dude that's going to come in and just perform immediately. Um, what guys do you think have either sneaky nine cat upside or sneaky long-term upside? Yeah. So the guy I think that has sneaky nine cat upside is as soon as this season is a guy we already talked about trace Jackson Davis. Yes, We mentioned it, you know, just before the show here that the Warriors need size, especially if they don't bring Draymond back. It looks like they're going to, but man, they just need big guys. They need guys that can go in there, give them a little bit of energy and kind of take some of the load off the the current players that they have. And I think Trace Jackson Davis is a guy that he can go in there, do his job, fill a role for a team that doesn't need any offense whatsoever. And I think that's going to take a lot of burden off him. As long as he can learn the system pretty quickly, which I think he can, he's a pretty smart guy. Uh, I think he's going to go in there and, and give you some blocks, give you some rebounding, shoot a high percentage because they're not going to ask him to step outside and shoot threes wide, right away. So I think as a as a nine cat upside, he's going to have low turnovers as well. That's another thing to take into account. So high field goal percentage, good rebounds, solid blocks, maybe a half a steal uh, and, and good percentages and, and low turnovers, which when you look at the end of the year, a guy that can do that across the board, you know, it's pretty decent nine cat player. Yep. Uh, he's a guy that I would take with my last pick in a redraft league, just in a, in just a nine cat redraft league. I'm probably just going to take him because guess what? If he gets 20 minutes a night, just even if they just try, even if they try to bring Draymond along slowly, like keep his minutes down, he's just going to do a bunch of stuff and he's going to play for a team in the Warriors that uh, it's going to be hilarious to watch Trace get more minutes than Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, but we're not going <laughs> to, we're not going to get into that. Um, long-term upside, who you got? Long-term upside, I have Noah Clowney. And the reason being is I I love the team that he got drafted to, Brooklyn yep. Nets. They they need you know a little bit of everything. They're just looking for young talent. Clowney was one of the younger players in the draft. He didn't play a lot at Alabama, um, but I think he's got a ton of upside and a ton of ability, and the Nets have done a really good job of bringing along big guys slowly. And we saw that a lot with Jared Allen and look what he's doing now. Guy's a stud. Um, So I think Noah Clowney can be very similar. Again, he's going to be a guy that's not going to really contribute much right away. Probably play in the G League. But long term, I really like his potential upside and a really good late first round or mid first round pick in um, dynasty drafts. For sure. I've got Jalen and Hudsfino. I think he if you look at the stats you are not going to see it at all but when i watch that dude play and he's dictating the pace on offense as a ball handler on and off the ball playing next to a guy like trace jackson davis who's the hub of everything but then also on defense or he would just he would move his assignment even though the assignment had the ball like it is so rare to see somebody get their body up into someone and I think that that is just going to be rewarded on the Lakers, a team that's going to need that cheap production. So they're probably just going to play him a ton if he can manage to stay out there. And so a guy who can just do a little bit of everything, if that shot ends up coming around, he's going to be a guy who just ends up getting a lot of minutes in a way that's going to lead to some fantasy production. All right. Um, best fit of the draft. I think Amin Thompson and Jarris Walker are pretty obvious. Uh, so I'm going to go off the board, off the off the path here a little bit. Julian Strother to the Nuggets. Like, how perfect is it that a Gonzaga player goes to play with Jokic? That's not fair. I, I don't. I, that's going to be so annoying to watch him replace Bruce Brown and be. It, they don't miss a beat except they get bigger. That's going to be annoying. 
Yeah, and you, and you knew. You just knew who the Nuggets yep. were going to take. They no were going to take a big, a big guy that can shoot, play defense, and just be a really solid all-around player and watch yep. them just develop him along and be a really good player, which you know he's going to be. So I would definitely, definitely someone that you want to be looking at just because of the team that he went to and and their uh, their ability to develop players and, and get the most out of their guys. My best fit was Derek Lively. Yeah. I mean, the Mavericks, it's kind of an easy pick, but the, the Mavericks were such in need of a big guy. They need somebody at center that can really anchor the defense. They don't need somebody at the five position that can needs to get buckets. They have the offense figured out, especially if Kyrie comes back for them. They need somebody on the back end that can block shots, alter shots, and be consistent. And Derek Lively's that guy. I mean, he was awesome at Duke on the defensive end. I think he was a little underwhelming or what most people thought he could be on the offensive end. But I don't really care about that, especially from a fantasy perspective. I want high field goal percentage, and I want those blocks. And he's going to give you exactly that right away. And he really doesn't have a whole lot of competition on that Mavericks team at the five. I know Rashawn Holmes is traded there. You know, I don't know if it's confirmed yet, but um, he's on his way to Dallas potentially. That doesn't bother me at all. I mean, I know we love Rashawn Holmes. I know you love Rashawn Holmes. Big fan. Uh, you know, <laughs> just a just a year and a half ago, but uh, Derek Lively should be able to carve out a role, even as a, a backup off the bench. And who knows, at the end of the year, he could be getting 25, 30 minutes potentially. Yeah, no, I, I Lively's definitely up there for me. And I like that they got the trade back to get him because I felt like it was so obvious they were going to take him at 10 and they didn't need to because they could just trade back and uh, get, get him at 12. Worst fit. We've kind of already talked about this based on the single pick situation but for the worst fit it's actually scoot if they don't trade dame right like that is just gonna be really really rough for him off the bat if they don't do what they're supposed to do and just trade dame i also didn't like the pajemski pick really uh knowing they had chris paul and steph curry and clay thompson i know dante divincenzo just opted out of his player option so maybe that's the replacement there i just didn't i thought a guy like chris murray would have been the pick just to have a little bit more size out there a little bit more uh, versatility lineup wise, but who was your worst fit of the draft? So I love the pick, hate the fit. That's Anthony Black yep. uh, for the Orlando Magic. And you already touched on it. They, that guard room is just so full right now. I I think Anthony Black's going to be the best out of all of them. I think he's going to carve out a role right away, but you just hate to see him go there. A guy that's a really good defender, going to get you assists, steals. I love that, that combo that he is going to get from a fantasy perspective. But just who knows how many minutes he's going to get right off the bat. I mean, they got a guy in Jalen Suggs, too, who was a high lottery pick not too long ago. Markel Fultz looked really good last year when he was in there. They still got Cole Anthony hanging around. Just a lot of guys that are going to take minutes away from him right off the bat. I, I'm not worried about him long term. If I was doing a, you know, a dynasty rookie draft, I, that wouldn't be in a consideration for me because I think long term he's he's going to be the guy there but I just don't love the fit. You just hope that he would go somewhere else like Washington. I think that was the big goal was to yes. get him into Washington. Yep. And, and, and then we can go to town there and get 30 minutes a night. But unfortunately that wasn't the case. And Orlando took a big swing. Yeah, no, I, again, I like the player. Don't love the fit. Just get Markel Fultz out of there and let Anthony Black run the show. It's pretty much all I got to say about that. That is all of our 2023 draft thoughts. Let us know on Twitter if you have any disagreements. You can find me at Rhett underscore Bauer. Find him at Trav Fuller 92. 
You can find the show at Punt Intended Pod. Be sure to leave a rate and review wherever you get your podcasts, and we will see you guys next time. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.